This, 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 this is, is Diversified diverse diverse game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. And today here, I'm all by myself, folks, but I have a special guest. And I'm going to pause for three seconds because that's what Tyson and the crew would want me to do. So today, my guest, we met at PodFest 2019. And when you see this woman, she lights up. She can light up the whole room. But when she really starts talking, the whole room is like listening. PrettyLitMinistries.com to check out her website. But my guest today is Brittany. Brittany, what's going on with you today? Hi. I'm having a great morning here in Michigan. (laughs) Um, Thank you for having me. I'm excited. And thank you for those kind words. I'm over here just grinning and cheesing (laughs) like a little kid. I just don't know how to accept when people say such nice things about me, but that was very beautiful. (laughs) Well, you know, and so are you in the energy that you bring. And, you know, we created our own, like, crew at PodFest 2019, the, the, the Black Pack. And when we met you, um, I mean, you, you, you know, you're tall, you stand out. And you're you're very vocal, and then to see all the black podcasters, and you know people are gonna say, man, who's this woman? How can I see her? I want you guys to go check out her podcast, Instagram, Pretty Lit Pod, and you can go, you know, see all of that because I want them to follow your podcast first so they can listen and tune mm-hmm. into what you you say. But what stuck out and why I wanted Brittany to come on is um, her podcast it mixes faith and reality. And I want you to talk about your journey and just give, you know, the people why you started your podcast and what it's all about in in the the whole journey. Okay. So Pretty Lit Podcast is a place where the righteous, wretched, and real can gather to have conversation about Christ and culture. Um, My journey um, is, long a lot of ups and downs so I'm not going to go through like my testimony as we call it in the church in detail but with the podcast specifically in the in the our mantra and what we live by the being righteous wretched and real I felt like when I really started to take my relationship serious um some people don't feel like what I do is serious I just wanted to put like make note of that so I do recognize that um, everybody don't do not do not gosh everybody don't does not understand what it means to be righteous, ratchet, and real, and that's why why I do this, why I co-host the show with three other ladies to have conversations about that because um I didn't see it I was I was not seeing people who 
still listen to secular music and who worship God, who worship Christ, right? So um, not saying when I say secular, anything that's not gospel um, or I prefer CCM, but Christian contemporary music, anything that's not giving reverence to God, I look at that as secular music. So I did, I did not see people when I first started my journey. I didn't see people who did both. And in reality, if you if you listen to, so I say Cardi B because that's that's who I well, she's controversial right now. But um, I say a Cardi B or um, I quote I say my grandpa like James Brown back in his day and where my mother's generation run DMC and maybe a Tupac or whoever whoever you rocked with. I didn't see anybody who talked about listening to that type of music and still having a strong relationship with God or people who talked about things that they did on an everyday basis um, and having a relationship with God. So when I first started my journey, I cut I cut everything off cold turkey and I felt like I was restricting who I really was because I do love I love all types of music. Um, I do like going to concerts. I actually was at a concert yesterday. Um, I like to travel. I like to be out, quote, unquote, in the world. And I wanted to show people that you can you can still be yourself and love God and ultimately be a light in these rooms and in, 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 in these spaces if you're authentic. So that's how, that's like the journey. That's how we got to this point of being righteous, wretched, and real and having conversations about Christ and culture at Pre-Lit Pod. And what you're talking about is something that is so, it's 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 so in the, the church. Forget the world, but we know that a lot of times in many churches, the world is influencing the church where it should be the other way around in, in a perfect life. But and and why I'm connected to the story and why it hit so hard is because I remember the toughest part of my life where I thought I was going to, you know, lose a lot of possessions and and possibly my freedom. I wrote the, the, the book that nobody else would write in Christian rap and, and other other genres. And when I wrote the quick tips and guide to Christian music, I wrote it because people said, uh, I don't think artists would read, which basically meant to me that I don't think black folk will read because there were these top executives who told me this and who were filming everything, but they wouldn't write a book to really give the game. And that's what we try to do at Diversified Game is give the game. And so what I would find is people who, and, and I know a lot of artists, but the people who had been doing it for a decade were very comfortable in their skin, and they would listen to the Tupacs and the this and that. But it was the people who were coming up who would then say, ah, oh, nah, that person, man, I heard him, and, you know, he's using worldly beats. And I'm like, dang, I didn't even know there were a thing called worldly beats. Like, that's a whole new <laughs> genre of, you know, <laughs> beats. And I've done music for you know, 20 plus years, if I'm honest with myself. Um, and so I, I get it. And and so that's great that you are, you know, you know, because when you first come and you give your life or rededicate yourself, however, you know, you want to call it, 
it's like cold turkey, throw everything down. I can't even drink Coke. I think Coke got red in it, and that's the devil. Um, you know, mm-hmm. this is how some people truly feel so that you're able to be, you know, keep it um, keep it 100. Now, let's jump into, because the biggest thing, I think, for, I'll say for at least myself and most men is, man, I got to cut off all the women. Like, I got to cut off all the flesh relationships. And I and I assume that it's the same struggle talking to enough women and knowing enough women and being married to one for so long. Um, sex is a big part of that. And I've seen in the church, we've all probably seen a lot of sex um, happen, right, during, maybe even <laughs> during a, a sermon, um, you, you know, on the church bus. Oh, man, I've, I've heard stories and seen things. But talk about that because the sex and the drugs is the biggest thing for folks to kick. If not for that, I think everybody would say I'm righteous. So how yes. do you deal with that part of it? Because you are attractive. You are tall. You you got the, the, the it factor. So every day <laughs> you have to deal with that. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say the first thing I, that, like, popped in my head when you mentioned, like, sex and drugs and as far as, like, it being a lot of the church. So I've heard stories. Um, you know, I'm bold enough and I'm honest enough with myself to say I've part- participated in things in my lifetime. So I I am knocking on 30 at this point. So um, I'm not saying more recently, but just being curious and we spend a lot of time in church and you are – attracted to to people and just even if it's kissing and holding hands and things like that they just kind of get the the motor running i've experienced and not in the church but like at church functions and things of that nature and i think because we're not being real right so that righteous ratchet and real we're not having real conversations we're not being honest um that the things are swept under the rug and we're not addressing them. So they can't be, you know, they can't, we don't know how to handle things because we don't, we don't talk about it. Um, Which I I feel like is a problem in the church and still something that needs to be fixed. How to fix it. I don't know. As far as myself and how I deal with, um, I guess it would be controlling myself. I can't control anybody else. So as far as, like, when men try to talk to me or try to approach me, um, making it clear of, like, what my standard of life is, and before it could even get to a point of, oh, um, of, like, a sexual interaction, you probably won't get that far with me, and this is just being, like, having a conversation, because if I if I see that you don't have a relationship with God or what your walk looks like. We can't, we can be friends and maybe, I don't know. I don't even have time for friends, but it won't, it won't get that far. When I first started my, my journey, I wasn't as, um, I don't want to say particular, but I wasn't as, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I was not as diligent in my process of, waiting and seeing what people's intentions were so it was a lot harder I think the thing that helped me the most was having an example in the church of someone who waited who honored God 
and who honored his body um, until he was married, but was somebody who had previously um, had sex. So to me, it's always one extreme. Like you have somebody who's a virgin who's never had sex before and they're waiting until marriage and like, they're like the pinnacle and this, this, you know, this person you had never seen or you never heard of, especially in today's generation, which is obviously amazing because it's really, it really is unheard of. And then you'll have someone like myself before I, before I really rededicated my life and found out who God was for myself. Um, I had already had sex and I feel like once you turn that light on, it's hard to turn it off. And I hadn't seen anybody in, um, who, who had sex and who stopped. I mean, you hear people's stories online and that's nice and that's fine and dandy, but to see a real life, um, a real life, uh, in-person example of that gave me the, 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 I don't want to say the courage, but it gave me the, I guess it would be the courage, the encouragement to say, okay, I can try it and take it one day at a time. So I'm speaking of my, um, my former pastor, Pastor Matthew Jones, he he was very open and honest with me about um, his relationship and the things that he used to do and who he became after he um, got to know God. And he was young. He's only five years older than me. So seeing somebody who lived that and who was walking that out and then like being a witness to it, so watching him become engaged and watching him get married and seeing him him and his now wife honor God together was like, okay, if he can do it and he lived a similar lifestyle to me before God and he's definitely living a lifestyle that I want to live now gave me the, like I said, the encouragement to try it because I think sometimes we get in our heads like, oh, it's so hard. I can't stop having sex. I can't stop drinking. I can't stop smoking. Whatever your vice is that we psych ourselves out of it and seeing someone do it can encourage you to do it. And then taking it one day at a time, like not putting too much pressure on yourself. And when you slip and fall, like just getting right back in alive, repenting, figure out what made you fall into whatever you did and then moving forward. So that's how my process has been for me. Um, like as of recently, and I really, I, I don't, I haven't even talked about this on my show. Um, is I, I don't want to say I like I'm celibate on purpose because it definitely didn't happen that way. But I, I had a revelation maybe about a week ago of how clear my mind has been since I stopped having sex, and how I think I don't want to say at a higher level, but I. I think differently because I don't have that distraction. I believe it's a beautiful thing in marriage. Um, and now I understand that being months, almost a year out of having sex and operating, I feel like, at my highest level I ever have. So I hope that answers your no, question. That, yeah, no, that, no, it, it does. And you almost um, put it, and I and I use this for myself because I, years ago, for almost a decade, I would work with kids, and some of the kids would be addicts, and I worked in rehabs. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, I might not be addicted to drugs you are, but there's certain things that I just have to have in my life. And 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's one of them. And so you, I always take the steps that we would teach the addicts, because an addict is an addict, and say I'm gonna I'm gonna use those for myself, whether it be candy, which I'm still losing that battle. I, I have my <laughs> you know I have some good times, and then I relapse all the way, and and then but even that um in in the the sex like hey one step at a time because people think oh once you get married you know everything just uh all those urges stop and that's not true i mean i i know i go to a men's ministry group every wednesday that i I get a chance to um but i'm pretty active and there is the question always from a young man who's new to the group who asked that question and a 90 year old man in our group said, you know, I'm going to tell you like someone told me, you're going to have to ask someone much older than me because I was just looking fly in my jumpsuit the other day and a young lady started talking to me. I've been married 50 plus years, but he said, I still had that thought in my urge, like this could be mine type thing. And I said, at 90? My goodness. Okay. So we really got to get this under under wraps um, and, and control because I think everyone, you know, our majority of people, they they, they suffer from <laughs> uh, delayed gratification, and you want to get it when you want to get it. But you know that eating off your own plate, there's nothing like eating off your own plate. Because we also have to remember this: the since everyone has this thing, even when people catch disease, it doesn't stop. So somebody could be walking around, whether it be chlamydia or or HIV or whatever, hepatitis, and they still have that same urge, and that disease does not stop them. That's why disease keeps spreading and spreading. People know they have this disease and are still, you know, giving it to everybody they can because they're so selfish. So, no, that, 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 that answers my question and, and hopefully gives some insight to people that they're not alone um in this this journey you know but you know you i'm gonna get back to the podcast but i also want to get what really also strikes me and why you guys really need to hit up a pretty lit pod and study britney especially you single guys um the ones in michigan especially uh is because she just doesn't podcast she is a hustler so i'll set the scene it's podfest folks we got Pod, I mean, there were some people who make six figures a month in, in podcasting and different things, you know, in the building. We go out, we're doing our thing. We go out to eat as a crew. It's like six, seven of us, something like that. And we're all eating and, you know, filming or whatever. Brittany is on her tablet computer working hard. Every restaurant she can get to, unless you ask her, hey, can you relax? So she is a workaholic um, in, in all all aspects, getting that bag. Can you talk about your job at all? Because I, I just love when people can work mobily, and I know that that is the now and the future. And there's a kid out there listening right now who says, I don't know, do I have to go to college? Is there anything I can do at home? Is there anything I can do while traveling, being a digital nomad? Can you talk about your your job a little bit? Yeah, so um, I that's funny because <laughs> I do take my friends call my laptop Laffy 
And before I leave the house, they will ask me if I can leave Lafayette home because I take I can. It's a small little baby laptop, and it's portable. And Hotspot makes it make gives me the ability to work um, anywhere. And I actually I work for a company. I'm not going to say what company, but um, I work for a company, and I didn't even know when I started at the company that I would have the ability to work from home. And when it came up, I really wasn't interested in it until it kind of all my friends who I worked with, they, they, um, they left and I was like, okay, I'm not coming here. It was like a 30 minute commute up to an hour, depending on the weather. It snows really bad in Michigan. And I just said, I work from home. Um, I think so. I, I do enjoy having a job where I can work anywhere. It's a huge blessing. Um, I don't. I don't want to incriminate myself, but I don't. <laughs> I don't see myself working for someone forever. But I'm thankful to have to have a job where I can work. And um, what am I trying to say? I can work anywhere, and I can pull it out, pull out my laptop, and work a couple hours or hour, and put in the time for my future. So if I can, I will want to more talk about the work ethic that I have and the dedication towards my vision because although I'm working for somebody else, I'm looking at it as in more so of putting in time so I can work for myself eventually. Or I don't I, I really don't know what is in the future for me. I, I have really given up of saying what is going to be next because every time I think something is going to happen. God brings something so much bigger and better that I had no clue of. I just know I need to, to in the now, do the work. And that's the, that is my mindset. So I think why I'm, why I do, I'm able to have a job where I can pull out my laptop wherever I want to. But I think that even if you can work from home, if you have the ability to, um, you know, travel and work, and do do your job anywhere really where the the great part about having the flexibility and the what am I trying to say like the hustle part of it comes in with your with your work ethic because I know some people who have the same ability abilities as me who work there forty hours, and that's it. And that's fine. Like, that works for some people. But when you talk about, like, you'll see, say, like, put people, you know, the, the, the diversify game. The game for me is, although I'm working for somebody else, I'm making money to pour into my podcast. I have a T-shirt business. Into my T-shirt business, into other things that I'm working on. And sometimes that means while I'm at a restaurant, you know, pulling off the laptop. And, and clocking in an hour. But everybody don't have that mindset. It's like, oh, because we were in Florida, and that podcast, we were in Florida, and, you know, it was 30 degrees at home, and I'm in I'm in Florida, it's 80 degrees, and I'm with all these great, this great group of people, and, you know, it is a time and place for everything, but I have to keep in mind if I want to continue to do these things or eventually be able to host an event as such, or, you know, travel to visit these people or, 
you know, do other things, I have to I have to work and sacrifice now. So that's how I look at it. That's that's what that's what gives me the the ability to like work as hard and know I have to take Laffy with me some places I necessarily wouldn't want to. And then sometimes I'll I'll put it up. So um we hung out one night at Podfest. We went to a comedy show and I was actually gonna go back to the hotel and work some more. But I went and I'm so glad I did because we had so much fun. So I think another piece of it would be to know when it's time to close it. And, you know, really respecting those around you because human to human interaction is necessary. So it's like a balance because it can be really, really hard when you do have the flexibility and ability to work everywhere. You don't want to, you also don't want to miss out on life's moments. So I think I'm learning right now the balance of being a hustler and having a work ethic, but also not missing out on the beauty of today because it today will never come again. And, and that that's beautiful. I'm a, I'm going to go a little, a little deeper and I'm, and I want to go a little deeper because, like I do anything, and I say this often, why I write books, why I even if I do anything publicly is always to teach. So can you, I know you don't want to say the company name, but can you say what it is you do? And also, because someone will say, oh, I could do that, and then kind of let them know a range of money they could make if they do hustle. Because somebody might be in that job right now, and not know that it could be mobile or not know that they could make an extra $20,000 a year or or more. So you can talk more about, you know, the what, what you're doing exactly. Yeah, um I work in the medical the medical field um paying claims. I mean, cuz there's so many different health insurance companies. So I I pay I pay health insurance claims um so that's what I do. This is my first time working in the medical field. I just want to throw that out there. Um, as far as, like, my income, I – so I work overtime. This isn't my base pay. But as far as being, a like like you said, hustling, doing the overtime and making that sacrifice, I've it, – it, it has been – right now, if I keep working them on the hours, it'll be an extra $30,000 this year. So um, that's almost, no, is it more than, I don't know how to say, I'm trying to figure out like what percentage that is. But that's a lot more money than what I would, what I would make um, base pay. And this is after taxes, it'll be an extra $30,000, which I feel really, weird saying that on here. Don't nobody come ask me for no coin because I don't have it to lend. Um, I'm a believer that I am to be the lender and not the debtor and I'm in the process of paying some things off, student loans and just um, old debt and trying to put myself in a position of getting ahead. So that's another thing that, that the money is great, obviously, because, I mean, even the amount of money I make as a base pay, I feel like it's great for the experience I have in the field, which is none. Um, but as far as, like, making a dedication and a sacrifice, an uh, extra $30,000 a year is what some people make a year. So I'm I'm 
you know, that makes me happy, but I'm putting myself in a predicament um, to get ahead. So that's, that's, that's really what keeps me going, my goals, what I have in mind. And I think for anybody who who wants to wear that title of a hustler, because I've actually – I don't never thought of myself as such. I just knew I had, it's like, if I don't do it, nobody else will because I'm single. I don't have any kids. Um, it's just me. So I have to, if I don't take care of it, it's not going to get done as far as myself. So that's like the mindset I carry. But for anybody who is trying to, who might be in a medical field or really any field, um, the automotive plants are big in, in my hometown. And, if you you have over if you're working towards something and your job offers overtime, do it. If you if you're trying to pay off a credit card or student loan debt as I am myself, pick up a side hustle. You you know I have Uber Eats now and Grubhub and you can ship you can do grocery shopping for people. You might have a skill or a talent that can bring in extra income that you're sitting on. Maybe you know how to braid hair. You know how to cut hair. I mean, you can cook all types of things. You're good with children. That's not my gift. I, I'm not good with kids. But we have these things and these talents in us, and sometimes we limit ourselves to our nine-to-five. I'm able to use my nine-to-five to as, you know, as my side hustle. But if you're looking to make more money or, you know, have more income, that's how that's how you do it. You have to really think, what am I good at? What can I do? For me, I can sit I can sit at a computer for up to sixteen hours a day and bring in my extra money. I can't do hair. So I ha I have to make 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 it work for me. There was a time where I was working two jobs, um, working sixteen hours a day which is taxing on the body, but I had a I I had the same goal in mind, so I was able to bring in that extra money because I had something I was trying to accomplish. I hope that helps. I'm going to keep saying that at yeah. the end of everything. <laughs> okay, no, you, you're good. Now, do you even go into the office, or do you just sit at home and just get busy on the lap, on Lappy? Yeah, Lappy, I'm, I'm home full-time. I work. Um, I mean, this job is just mind-blowing when I every time I really think about it I can't believe that this is what I work but I work Monday through Thursday 10-hour shifts so I, I work I'm off Friday Saturday Sunday I'm home base completely so sometimes I'll I'll work from home half the day and then I'll take my lunch break and I'll go see my grandparents and I'll work the second half of my day at my grandparents house or I'll go see my mother um those are the only two places I've gone and like worked as far as when I'm working. Like if I'm doing overtime, I can do it at a restaurant or something like that. But like during my work day, I I'm at home with my grandparents. But even that flexibility is amazing to me because I get to see my family more. When I was working two jobs and I had to go in office for both. You know, having to be at work at 8.30 means I have to leave at 7.30, which means I have to be up at 6.30. And then I'm going straight from job one to job two, which, you know, I get off at 5.30 and I'm going down the street to be at job two at 6, and I'm there until 11. So I'm away from my house from 7.30 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. No time to, to take care of my personal health. 
no time to see my family or my friends. If things pop up, like, um, I don't know when this will come out, but yesterday I went to see B2K and all of those people because I am a millennial. And I got the tickets the day of, but had I had I been in the position I was last year, I you know, I probably would have had to work. So even the flexibility to be able to just get up and go, as for what I do now, um, I'm just really, really thankful. And it's possible. I didn't even, I didn't ask for this, so I, I don't want to lie and tell people of, like, how to find it. Um if you reach out to me, I will help you. Get, I will tell you about my company. I just don't want to say it on here, I'm, and I don't post it on social. But if people ask, I do. Um, no, you're good. You know, and there's I, a lot of companies. There, there's a lot of companies out there, and if they really want that, they'll be listening to the podcast. They will reach out and find it, <laughs> and, you know, and find it yeah. for the for the hungry. Now, because I, I I I'm familiar with it. I have a cousin who does similar work. And she has, she doesn't have a, a bachelor's. And I know sometimes, you know, you need a bachelor's from some companies, sometimes you don't. But, you know, the last part of that game for someone listening, do they need a bachelor's or a in, any degree? Um, or is it maybe something they could even start if they're homeschooled right now and responsible? So I don't, I don't have a bachelor's degree. Um they, for my particular job, I had, I did have to send some transcripts in, but they do, I don't want to say they push education, but they are very education forward. So they provide tuition assistance. We have like an in-house, to not an in-house tuition, but an in-house university that if you take so many classes, Within our company, they in in the company they honor that as a degree. You can take that for what it is. I have some opinions about that, but um, they take you know they can they can you can use that as a degree. I am going to go back to school to finish because um, one I believe when your company provides you with benefits, they're you're giving them your gift, so you need to take theirs. You know, take full advantage of the things that they provide. But secondly. Um, I'm not for sure how long my time will be here, you know, and I, if I want to move up in management, I would need to be, ha- I need to have a degree. So, um, I want to take my time though. That's something else that, you know, you, you know, a part of the game, everybody's journey is different. So you're somebody who took four years to finish school. It might take somebody 10 years, but you know, you paying for your school and out of pocket um, you take you're taking one or two classes because you do work full time or you work a job and a half, like you know a full time job and a part time job, and you're going to school. I think keeping your eyes on your own journey and focusing on what your end goal is, you know that that's what's gonna put you, you know, that's what's gonna make you win your game, not anyone else's. But as far as what I do. No degree. I don't have one. My, a lot of my coworkers nope. do, but I, I don't. Okay. And, and and when we saw her typing away, you know, it didn't seem like you had to talk to too many people. I know you mentioned coworkers 
whatnot. So that's good for those who still want to have some type of human contact. But a, a lot of it seemed like it might have been research and just, you know, um, you know, documentation. Uh, and so, you know, that that's a good position. And, um, you know, you guys can also, in case Brittany, you know, blows up and Cardi B tonight calls her, I'll get the information. <laughs> and if you hit me up, because we do for um, my company, we do have staffing contracts and we help people get work. And we're always trying to, you know, when we're, we're speaking public, trying to tell the people, these are the options that you can do. You don't have to, you know, um, be at that job that doesn't respect you. But since I mentioned Cardi B and we know you, you and, and this is a Tyson um, question because he wanted <laughs> to know, you know, since you, since you quote Cardi B and Corinthians, what does that deep quote do? You know, and and that's a play on words for all that didn't catch it, but that, that that's I what Tyson does. Either. He wants so wait, bring the, 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 the deep quote. The the deep the, yes. the deep quote will, will just if you get it, you get it. If not, they ain't trying to get no hashtag. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> but 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 you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned Cardi and we know we saw you know quoting Cardi. What are your thoughts on Cardi? I know at the advice show um, we put out a lot of stuff about Cardi B because it's amazing how she could drug men and admit to it, and you know pretty much have guys um, raped because they were you know uh-huh. messing with the man they didn't know of. And she gets a Las Vegas show and everything else while um, our our granddaddy, Bill Cosby, and others are in jail for things that happened 30 years ago. What are your your, your uh-huh. thoughts on that? Um, one, one, Bill Cosby is not my granddad. I'm just going to slide that in there. <laughs> I, I, when that came out, I was, I was, okay, that, but when that Cardi B came out, thing I came out I was like oh my goodness I just dropped this shirt and I can't believe that she was so bold in the things that she used to that she used to do and it is in my opinion very weird to me how the culture um responded to it and the reason why I say that is you know, came out with the R. Kelly, the Bill Cosby, and we dragged these people. So I joke and say he's not my grandpa, but we dragged these people who have been so influential in our our life. And when the things come out, I do believe that people need to be held responsible. But I also think if we look at ourselves and the things that we've done, how will we want people to treat us? when they come out and I did when they come out and as far as how like what's going on with Cardi it's very weird to me because if if you know R. Kelly and Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein I think that's his name and any other people who have taken advantage of men and women unknowingly if they weren't held responsible all hell would break loose and actually I feel like it still is because people are just so upset and how things have played out it's always a finger pointing so it was a oh god it was a little disappointing to see that there were no repercussions like none 
Um, but I don't want to say I'm I'm not I don't want to say I'm not surprised, but I'm not because things of this world never make sense to me, and I just don't I just don't understand how everyone is not held to the same. What is that called? The same, um, yes, it's a standard. It is a standard that needs to be to that needs to be upheld. And to, I mean, to get online and to say like you you did these things to people to me that shows no remorse. And I I'm not saying that um she doesn't feel bad about it or that anybody who does anything bad. They don't, but your actions, they they say something else. So that's how I feel. I really don't, I typically don't comment on um, those type of things in the culture, even though I talk about Christ and culture, because it's so, it's so hypersensitive, and I feel like one wrong thing you say can just set somebody off, and I'm not, I'm not big on controversy, but I did in my private conversation with my conversations with my friends, I did point out that it's weird that it's a double standard and that if it was a black man or even a white man, it would who got on Instagram live and said those things with that type of star status and stature behind it, you know, we would have been marching down Washington, I don't know, Washington, D.C., I don't know where, what roads it are, trying to get it addressed. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, no, that that's good to have, you know, men are always are like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on in America. It, it's, a, it's a crazy time. It's, I, don't, I don't understand it. I thought I understood the laws and, you know, the, the things, but um, being in media, for so long and even working with politicians, I know that this is all just kind of a game for many people and that, you know, the people who are supposed to be fighting for us at the end of the day are fighting for their pocket and their longevity. But that's, you know, that's neither neither here nor there. But it's glad I'm I'm glad to hear your, you know, opinion on it because I thought maybe I was just in the twilight zone or Black Mirror, like, is no one else seeing this? Are we the only ones? But no, and so with it, no. No, we're, saying, we're I'm not. Saying, no, you're not. You're not the only ones who see it. I think it is difficult to take a stand against something. I don't want to say that's so powerful, but something that's so bold and um, what's the word that I'm looking for? And be an outcast. But I, I, you know, if people didn't do that back in the day, you know, my my best example is, you know, Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King and Michael Max, all of those pioneers in the '60s who spoke up for our rights as African Americans. If they didn't do that, if you go against, you know, what the normal was, we wouldn't we wouldn't be in the predicament we in. We still got a while to go. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna address that, but. Definitely a different place than, oh my gosh, what sixty years ago? I can't believe it's been you know sixty years. So 
Yeah, y'all got that fight. Y'all got that. Y'all got that fight. Everybody who 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 knows me knows I'll be in the real Wakanda. So um, that's you know, it's no more no more fight over here um, for that at least. I come back to visit, but um, long term plans isn't isn't to be in Babylon, as that Rasta say. (laughs) So I want to go back to the podcast because a lot of people fall off their podcasting game. And I know you have a crew, but they fall off because they don't learn or find a way to monetize. And and to a lot of people, that's like when they've made it, when they've gotten a paycheck, because that's what they're used to as their reward uh, in life. Um, just, you know, because everyone's used to working and getting paid. Have you guys found a way to monetize, um, to keep the podcast going with the pretty lit t-shirts and everything else that that comes with putting a podcast together. And, you know, talk about that a little bit. I, it was a hobby for me until I went to PodFest. So um, the T-shirts, those were actually, I've been doing that since 2013. The podcast came as a result of the T-shirts, if that makes sense. So I, I had the it has to make sense because that's what it is. I had the t-shirt line, and as that developed, I met somebody, and he suggested I do a podcast in you know, regards to my lifestyle and the shirts, and I did the podcast, and it was a hobby. And then I went to podcast, and as you said, somebody was making – I found out people were making six figures a month, okay, a month having conversations and, you know, about – whatever they had conversation about and that's when my mind mindset shifted as far as podcasting being a hobby to it being a stream of income so I have we have not monetized it um I I have ways I have you know I've brainstormed it's been about two months since podcast but I've brainstormed and thought about ways that I can monetize the show and through advertisements and particular products for the podcast, not, you know, the T-shirt line and that way. But I haven't I haven't monetized it yet, unfortunately. Somebody needs to put me up on some game as far as that because um, I feel like I'm sitting on money. <laughs> well, Sorry. And, and, yeah, and, and the one place that wasn't at PodFest that even for my own personal – um, podcasting that I do at um, the Kellen Cash Work Break Conversations is uh-huh. Anchor. Anchor.fm, you know, the beautiful part is you can record from your computer to your phone or whatever you want to do, and they actually already have the ads you can put in there. And, you know, when you start getting go- when you get going, they then have, you know, where you can actually do your own ads and, um, you know, so that, that works out. And I have all my clients that listen, do that, because at the end of the day, if I'm not making people money, we may not have a client. And so we uh-huh. need to keep making people money. And that was one of the big things that some of the influencers that we represented down there, they're doing um, now because they got to see the Pat Flynn's and the John Dumas's and the the other folks who who do that work and are getting paid, 
you know, the the big bucks. So, and, and always remember, people, six figures a month or six figures in life, that's, you know, you got to pay taxes. Don't don't get out there and <laughs> start making money. Uh-huh. And, it, you know, more you make, the more they take. And some folks have a problem. They don't have a problem with paying tax, but they have a problem with paying tithe. It's, it's just another tax, but tithes help you in your taxes. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to go into a whole thing about that. That'll be for another time um, that you can, you know, we can talk about that on a one-on-one level. But with that, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're looking at the monetization because I, I listen to some of your, your stuff and you definitely, you know, it, it's good material. I could see it being, you know, on YouTube all day, you know, if you guys could film it. I know that's easier said than oh, done my sometimes. Goodness. My mom and my best friend have said that you're the third person. So that's confirmation, which means we record today. I'll take my camera with me and record the show. You're the third person to say that, put it on YouTube, record. Sometimes y'all have to see yeah. my face <laughs> in these conversations because I'm definitely an animated person. I didn't mean I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I just had to share that you're the third person to say, put it on YouTube. No, it's all good. I, I mean, you know, I, that, that's your personality. So, yeah, let it, let it shine. Let it let it come out. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it, should, it should be. It should be on YouTube, and I think that it would um, bring – just, you know, once you get good and going in YouTube and you're consistent, it'll bring, you know, some extra coin because they're six-figure and million-dollar YouTubers out there. But, you know, it doesn't just happen. It It's consistent. It's really hard work, you know, with the editing. After all the show was done, the editing and being consistent. And so, um, you know, and personally, on the back end, I love it because this is what we wanted forever, like a decade ago and more, like independent people doing their own thing. And um, it's it kind of like living the dream. You you knew it was going to happen, and you just happened to be a part of so many people's vision. So, um, yeah, so no, it's a beautiful thing. And my last question is going to be another Tyson question, because this is how he <laughs> loves to sign off. And he – he would ask you, what is your um, your give back, your give back to the community, you know, whether it be the church or whether it just be, you know, out in the street. I've seen you in pictures, you know, praying for people with the Pretty Lit Ministries. Um, what What is your, your give back? Um, I, w- I would want, I was going to say popsicles in prayer, but as soon as that popped in my head, I I get so much from that that it would be it would be so selfish of me to say like that's my give back um because i i'm always leave so full after we do that what is my give back it's i you know that's a tough question and it's crazy that i say that because i feel everything that i do and i feel like i'm called to i feel like that's me giving to the world you know um, but I feel like because I always get so much from it, so, you know, the podcast is a sacrifice now because there's no, you know, we we don't make money, we don't do that, but when people message you and say how much the show resonated with them and all of that, to say that that's my give back when those people, you know, giving me those words of encouragement, um, 
provide something for me, I feel would be selfish. But let's go with popsicles and prayer. Um because that is my that's my that's my outreach, that's my evangelism as I would call it. And um we hand out popsicles on the riverwalk here in Detroit and we we offer prayer to people and some people get prayer, some people don't. We've given out over let's see, this will be year four, so last year we did a thousand. I would say in total it's been about three thousand popsicles. Um, we've given out over the last three years. And of those popsicles, we've prayed for maybe 75% of those people who've gotten a popsicle. Um, and it's just the church. I, I had a friend tell me that I am the church. We went to see Kanye West, and I didn't want to talk about God with the security lady. And he told me that I was the church and that I had to take it outside the four walls. And I had already stopped, started Popsicles in Prayer. But when he told me that and I applied it to my, like, how I live my life, I feel like my light shine started to shine a little bit brighter. And I would say, ultimately, that's my gift to, that's my gift back, um, loving people authentically and just, just always trying to be positive and smiling because you just never know what somebody is going through and you don't know how your love and your light can bless them and encourage them to keep going. So that'll be my give back. That's my answer to Tyson's tough question because, oh my goodness, I don't know why it's so hard. That is my give back. Always, always showing my love and always showing my light to people because I just want when people leave out of my presence, I want them to um, like wonder what's different about me, which will ultimately lead back to God, because that that's what what the source is for myself. I'm trying to give no, good answers. I hope no. that I, I hope that was good. No, that's all. The one thing about about you, Brittany, always continue to do you, do you. That you know the you that God put in you because you can't go wrong when when doing that. Um, you know it it was a joy to be able to to hang with you and and to get that energy and and to be around just you know good people. We had a really good time in Orlando. Those are the type of highs that you don't get a lot of those doing this. So keep doing you. I will. So I think this is a good place to stop our dialogue for this episode and allow you, the listeners, to join the conversation and keep the dialogue going with us online. You can do so by visiting our social media at Facebook, Diversified Game Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, Game Diversified, online, diversifiedgames.com. In your life with the people around you and or join our Patreon and get some nice perks for being involved. If you found a nugget and or like today's episode, you might as well leave a review. And if you leave a review, you might as well share it. If you share it, you might as well subscribe. And as always, thanks for your support. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and A.L., the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.